Once again, beloved, we open our Bibles to 1 Kings chapter 22. And as you can see in the bulletin, there's a little bit, a little bit more complicated than usual in terms of what verses we're going to look at tonight. Uh, we're going to spill into 2 Kings chapter 1. Uh, I will be taking you in other parts as well. So uh, I'll thank you for your willingness to flip around with me this evening more than sometimes I ask of you. Let me open up here reading for you 1 Kings chapter 22, beginning with verse 40. Hear now the word of the Lord. So Ahab slept with his fathers, and Ahaziah his son reigned in his stead. Now look ahead with me to verses 51 to 53, complete the chapter and the book. Ahaziah the son of Ahab began to reign over Israel in Samaria, the 17th year of Jehoshaphat king of Judah, and reigned two years over Israel. And he did evil in the sight of the Lord, and walked in the way of his father, and in the way of his mother, and in the way of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, who made Israel to sin. For he served Baal, and worshipped him, and provoked to anger the Lord God of Israel, according to all that his father had done. Now open up, uh, turn the page. And we'll look at Second uh, Kings, and I'm going to be reading now uh, verses 1 through 18. Then Moab rebelled against Israel after the death of Ahab, and Ahaziah fell down through a lattice in his upper chamber that was in Samaria and was sick. And he sent messengers and said unto them, Go inquire of Beelzebub, the god of Ekron, whether I shall recover of this disease. But the angel of the Lord said to Elijah the Tishbite, Arise, go up to meet the messengers of the king of Samaria, and say unto them, it, Is it not because there is not a god in Israel that you go to inquire of Beelzebub, the god of Ekron? Now therefore, thus saith the Lord, Thou shalt not come down from that bed on which thou art gone up, but shalt surely die. And Elijah departed. And when the messengers turned back unto him, he said unto them, Why are ye now turned back? And they said unto him, There came a man up to meet us, and said unto us, Go, turn again unto the king that sent you, and say unto him, Thus saith the Lord, Is it not because there is not a god in Israel that thou sendest to inquire of Beelzebub, the god of Ekron? Therefore thou shalt not come down from that bed on which thou art gone up, but shalt surely die." And he said unto them, What manner of man was he which came up to meet you and told you these words? And they answered him, He was an hairy man and girt with a girdle of leather about his loins. And he said, It is Elijah the Tishbite. Then the king sent unto him a captain of fifty with his fifty, and he went up to him, and behold, he sat on the top of an hill, and he spake unto him, Thou man of God, the king hath said, Come down. And Elijah answered and said to the captain of fifty, If I be a man of God, then let fire come down from heaven and consume thee and thy fifty. And there came down fire from heaven and consumed him and his fifty. 
Again also he sent unto him another captain of fifty with his fifty. And he answered and said unto him, O man of God, thus hath the king said, Come down quickly. And Elijah answered and said unto him, If I be a man of God, let fire come down from heaven and consume thee and thy fifty. And the fire of God came down from heaven and consumed him and his fifty. And he sent again a captain of the third fifty with his fifty. And the third captain of fifty went up and came and fell on his knees before Elijah and besought him and said unto him, O man of God, I pray thee, let my life and the life of these fifty thy servants be precious in thy sight. Behold, there came down from fire from heaven, excuse me, be cold. There came fire down from heaven and burnt up the two captains of the former fifties with their fifties. Therefore, let my life now be precious in thy sight. And the angel of the Lord said unto Elijah, go down with him, be not afraid of him. And he rose and went down with him unto the king. And he said unto him, thus saith the Lord. For as much as thou hast sent messengers to inquire of Beelzebub, the God of Ekron, is it not because there is no God in Israel to inquire of his word? Therefore thou shalt not come down off that bed on which thou art gone up, but shalt surely die. So he died according to the word of the Lord, which Elijah had spoken. And Jehoram reigned in his stead in the second year of Jehoram, the son of Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, because he had no son. Now the rest of the acts of Ahaziah, which he did, are they not written in the book of the Chronicles of the king of Israel? May the Lord bless the reading, the preaching, the hearing, the believing, and the living of his holy word. Again, this morning we saw how Satan mainly tempts us. He mainly tempts us by looking to influence our thinking, get us to reason and rationalize sin in a way that is illogical, but we get ourselves to think that it's actually good. We saw how he went after Eve. We saw how he went after Christ. And we need to take every thought captive in obedience to Christ. Tonight, we are warned not to let Satan block out the influence of those bringing the truth of God's word to us. As if it was from Satan and unworthy of thinking about and even rejecting it in ridicule, rejecting them in ridicule. Think of the parable Christ gave us in Matthew 21, verses 33 to 46. The house owner who planted a vineyard, and he went away for a long time. At one point, he sends his servants back to check on those who are renting, working his property. But they treated each servant that came badly, beat some of them, killed others. So he sent his own son. He says, surely if I send my own son, they'll listen. They'll respect him. But instead, they killed his own son. Now, Jesus taught this parable against the Pharisees and the Sadducees, the religious leaders of the time. And they knew it. 
And in response, they wanted to kill him. And at one point, they finally did. Remember, they shout out later, crucify him, crucify. I mean, they hate him and they want to kill him. And they're spending their whole time through the Gospels trying to set him up to do that and eventually do. Because of what he said about himself from whence he had come. The Messiah, the messenger of God, God in the flesh. But Jesus said this is how they would treat him. And that they would crucify him. He'd die, be buried, and then be raised again. But again, because they hated everything he had to say. Hated it. Lots of people liked what he had to say, remember. Multitudes flocked around him, not only for the miracles, but they marveled in the authority of his preaching. They marveled that he spoke with authority. It was from God. They recognized it. And yet there were some who hated him for it and wanted to kill him and did kill him for it. He said that would happen, but it was the truth. He is the truth. Jesus said this would happen not only to him, but to his people speaking the truth. Even in response by many who are supposed to be his people, but hate him and hate his prophets. Gospel of John, chapter 15, verses 18 to 27. He said, Jesus said, the servants are not greater than their master. The world hates me. They will hate you. What they did to me, they will do to you, including those who have too much of the world in them and pretend to be my people. They will hate you because they hated me. They will hate what you have to say as you quote me because they hate it when it came out of my mouth. In the Sermon on the Mount, remember Matthew 5, 11 to 12, he says, Blessed are you when they hate you, they persecute you, they say all kinds of things bad about you for my sake, for the gospel's sake, righteousness sake. It says, such were the prophets that came before you. I mean, that was pretty much the calling of the prophet. Most of the time, recognized, by the way, uh, even John the Baptist. How did they recognize John the Baptist was in the spirit of Elijah, the last Old Testament prophet? He was wearing the same attire. And you can go through all the prophets and know how they, many of them suffered, especially some in particular. Jesus says that's what happened to the prophets. That's what's going to happen to you, especially as he's speaking to his apostles, his messengers, his sent ones to go bring the kingdom to the world. This is what's going to happen to you. But of course, by extension, all of his people as they bring his word to the world. Just like they stoned Stephen, that marvelous man. For his sermon in Acts chapter 7. But at the end, Jesus stood up to receive him into heaven. But just like the church often treated Moses and spoke against God's anointed, thus actually speaking against God himself. Numbers 21 verse 5. And the people spake against God and against Moses. Against God. How? By speaking against Moses, although times murmuring straight at God. 1 Corinthians 10, Hebrews chapters 3 and 4 particularly warns us not to be like that. Murmuring, complaining against God and his ministers, his messengers. 
leaders, those leading them to follow him. The people spake against God and against Moses. Wherefore have you brought us up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? For there is no bread, neither is there any water, and our soul loatheth this light bread. They actually spoke against God. So similarly, 1 Samuel 8, verse 7, And the Lord said unto Samuel, Hearken unto the voice of the people in all that they say unto thee. For they have not rejected thee, but they have rejected me, that I should not reign over them. The messenger is often rejected, but it's the message being rejected through the earthen vessel. The message is from God himself. And so we see, see King Ahaziah treat the prophet Elijah in our text. He knew who Elijah was. Look at verse 8. In, in 2 Kings, chapter 1, verse 8. And they answered him. Uh, let me read verse 7. And he said unto them, and I think I probably should have read it a little more like this. Most likely he's saying it like this. What manner of man was he which came up to meet you and told you these words? And they answered him, he was an hairy man and girt with a girdle of leather about his loins. And he said, it is Elijah the Tishbite. I think it's safe to read hatred and vitriol in his words. After all, he's a, he's a son of Ahab. But keep in mind, this message is coming from whom, ultimately? The angel of the Lord. Several times in the text, don't miss that. It's coming from the Lord Jesus Christ, pre-incarnate. He, he knows who it is. He knows the stories. He knows stories about fire before with the prophets of Baal, right? And yet he sent three groups of soldiers to kill him. Just like his father Ahab before him. Let's turn to 1 Kings chapter 18. 1 Kings chapter 18. Beginning with verse 17. 1 Kings 18, beginning with verse 17. And it came to pass when Ahab saw Elijah. So Ahab now, Ahaziah is the, is the king in our text now, but it's his father Ahab before him we're looking at. It came to pass when Ahab saw Elijah, the same prophet, that Ahab said unto him, Art thou he that troubleth Israel? Well, how is he troubling Israel? He's bringing the word of God to Israel. He's troubled by it, you see. And he, Elijah, answered, I have not troubled Israel, but thou and thy father's house, in that ye have forsaken the commandments of the Lord, and thou hast followed Balaam. Now, therefore, send and gather to me all Israel unto Mount Carmel, and the prophets of Baal, 450, and the prophets of the groves, 400, which eat at Jezebel's table. And so Ahab sent unto all the children of Israel and gathered the prophets together unto the Mount Carmel. Now, you know what follows. This big, huge showdown and test of who's the true God. 
Many, 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 the multitude, the corruption of the church and the people. Many, many, many prophets worshiping the false gods now, serving false idols. And they come and they can't get one lick of fire to burn up their sacrifices. Now, remember Elijah, he builds his altar uh, and just to add insult to injury, perhaps, but also show the glory of God. Let's pour a whole bunch of water around it and be sure to build a moat to keep all the water collected together. You know, we're trying to grow a young... uh, papaya tree in our yard and I'm telling the kids we got to build a moat so we keep the water all around it and that's what he does let's keep as much water as possible put water all over it and let's see what happens and God's fire comes down and consumes his sacrifice but also the others and the prophets and so think of that story you would think Ahaziah would be smart enough with you know these different groups he's sending being burnt by fire it's like it's the same prophet it's the same Lord God when are you going to get a clue But this is how some are. It doesn't matter what you say, how often you say it, how you say it. They hate it because they don't want God to run their lives. And so after this, you know, Ahab hates him. You troubling me. You trouble me. Why are you acting like this? Ah, it's Elijah the Tishbite. His son says, let's go kill him. Oh, that's just like his mother. He's like his father, but also like his mother. I was expressing to Fernanda this week with something else we were talking about. Uh, they don't quite have the same phrase, but we have a, it's understandable. It's just a different way of saying it in Portuguese, but uh, like father, like son. And you know, like mother, like son in this case. Jezebel has influenced Ahab, of course. Shouldn't be her, his wife anyways. And she's brought so much of this in. And then what does she do? She sends out, let's go kill Elijah. You'd think they'd be like, whoa, God is the true God. There are other times in scriptures where that is the right response. But in this case, it just hardens. As we know from Corinthians, some it will harden, some it will soften. This is one of the realities to see from the text. So now Elijah reminds them at the moment, waiting for fire to consume and prove he is still a prophet of God. Can you imagine Well, you say I'm a prophet of God. I'm a man of God. If so, may fire come down again and consume you. First time, just like before. Second group, same thing. I wonder how long that would have continued. Perhaps a long time with someone like Ahaziah. Thankfully, the, the third captain approaches differently recognizes his life is in the hands of the true God. And Jezebel sent to kill them. Ahaziah now sends to kill him. But he's still a prophet of God. No matter how many times you want to try to kill the messenger. God is still the one ultimately speaking and will ultimately show who is speaking. Though we might ridicule, reject, and persecute those who speak God's truth to us, it is still God speaking and he will be heard in the end. I give that to you as the main idea of our text, what we're looking at, what we're focusing on. Though we might ridicule, reject, and persecute those who speak God's truth to us, it is still God speaking, and he will be heard in the end. And that may be in our end. 
as Ahaziah's and Ahab's end. It's the same situation with King Ahab and the prophet Micaiah. This guy doesn't learn. So his son doesn't learn. Let's go to 1 Kings chapter 22. 1 Kings chapter 22. And I'm going to read uh, a lot of verses here. First Kings 22, 1 to 40. And they continued three years without war between Syria and Israel. And it came to pass in the third year that Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, came down to the king of Israel. And the king of Israel, this is Ahab, said unto his servants, Know ye that Ramoth and Gilead is ours, and we be still, and take it not out of the hand of the king of Syria. And he said unto Jehoshaphat, Wilt thou go with me to battle in Ramoth Gilead? And Jehoshaphat said to the king of Israel, I am as thou art, my people as thy people, my horses as thy horses. So you see the two kingdoms coming together, back together in a sense. And Jehoshaphat said unto the king of Israel, inquire, I pray thee, at the word of the Lord today. Let's make sure. We see a good example from David sometimes. Let's inquire of the Lord. Am I supposed to do this? Let's inquire of the Lord. But in this case, like, like, like let's actually really inquire of the Lord. Then the king of Israel gathered the prophets together, about 400 men, and said unto them, Shall I go against Ramoth-Gilead to battle, or shall I forbear? And they said, Go up, for the Lord shall deliver it into the hand of the king. And you can't help but think, think but Ahab's got a cue card here, right? You know, as on the left, Jehovah says, the, they're telling him what he wants to hear. Perhaps he reviewed this and had them recite it beforehand privately. And Jehoshaphat said, is there not here a prophet of the Lord besides that we might inquire of him? Jehoshaphat, hmm. I think he sees what's going on here. You've, you've told them what to tell you. How do we know if this is really from the Lord? These don't seem like real prophets. By the way, you think of the other prophets, such as Ezekiel. Uh, those who speak peace, peace when there's no peace and try to make it all right when they're not right with God are not real prophets, not real pastors. Those who are willing to speak the truth. So if they will die in blood, not repenting, at least the blood of their blood is not on their hands. And this is these, well, do, as long as I get a paycheck, I'll tell you whatever you want to hear. I won't risk my ministry. I won't w risk my, uh, my savings. I won't risk my livelihood. You want it? I'll give it to you. And the king of Israel, verse 8, the king of Israel said unto Jehoshaphat, There is yet one man, Micaiah, the son of Imlah, by whom we may inquire of the Lord, but I hate him. For he doth not prophesy good concerning me, but evil. And Jehoshaphat said, let not the king say so. Notice that. You know, Ahab earlier, why do you trouble me, Elijah? I don't like what you're telling me. Leave me alone with my life. I'll live it like I like. I'm the king. Same thing with Ahaziah in our text tonight. Go kill him. I don't want to hear what God has to tell me. I hate him, Micaiah, now. He only tells me what's the truth. I don't like the truth. 
Then the king of Israel, verse 9, then the king of Israel called an officer and said, Hasten hither, Micaiah, the son of Imlah. And the king of Israel and Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, sat each on his throne, having put on their robes in a void place in the entrance of the gate of Samaria. And all the prophets prophesied before them. And Zedekiah, the son of Chanana, made him horns of iron. And he said, Thus saith the Lord, with these shalt thou push the Syrians until thou have consumed them. And all the prophets prophesied so, saying, Go up to Ramoth Gilead and prosper. For the Lord shall deliver it unto the king's hand. And the messenger that was gone to call Micaiah spake unto him, saying, Behold now, the words of the prophets declare good unto the king with one mouth. Let thy word, I pray thee, be like the word of one of them, and speak that which is good. And Micaiah said, As the Lord liveth. What the Lord saith unto me, that will I speak. That's a real prophet. So he came to the king, verse 15, and the king said unto him, Micaiah, shall we go against Ramoth Gilead to battle, or shall we forbear? And he answered him, go and prosper, for the Lord shall deliver it into the hand of the king. You got you to gotta hear sarcasm in this, right? Like Elijah later. Well, maybe your gods are sleeping. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Do it. And sometimes this way we can tell. You're not going to listen to me. Go ahead and do it. Okay. You know, I mean, it's obvious he's not really giving him the approval. And verse 16, the king gets that. The king said unto him, how many times shall I adjure thee that thou tell me nothing but that which is true in the name of the Lord? Ironic. He doesn't want it. He hates it. Maybe he's keeping up appearances, right, for Jehoshaphat. Oh, come on now, how many times? Whereas normally, get out of here. Verse 17, and he said, I saw all Israel scattered upon the hills as sheep that have not a shepherd. And the Lord said, these have no master. Let them return every man to his house in peace. And the king of Israel said unto Jehoshaphat, did I not tell thee that he would prophesy no good concerning me but evil? And he said, Hear thou therefore the word of the Lord. I saw the Lord sitting on his throne, and all the host of heaven standing by him on his right hand and on his left. And the Lord said, Who shall persuade Ahab that he may go up and fall at Ramoth Gilead? And one said on this manner, and another said on that manner. And there came forth a spirit, and stood before the Lord, and said, I will persuade him. And the Lord said unto him, Wherewith? And he said, I will go forth, and I will be a lying spirit in the mouth of all his prophets. And he said, Thou shalt persuade him, and prevail also. Go forth and do so. Now therefore, behold, the Lord hath put a lying spirit in the mouth of all these thy prophets, and the Lord hath spoken evil concerning thee. But Zedekiah, the son of Canana, went near and smote Micaiah on the cheek and said, Which way went the Spirit of the Lord from me to speak unto thee? Imagine that. That happened to our Lord Jesus, right? He macks him in the face for speaking the truth. 
Verse 25, And Micaiah said, Behold, thou shalt see in that day, when thou shalt go into an inner chamber to hide thyself. And the king of Israel said, Take Micaiah and carry him back unto Ammon, the governor of the city, and to Joash, the king's son, and say, Thus saith the king, Put this fellow in the prison, and feed him with bread of affliction, and with water of affliction, until I come in peace. Put him in prison. Well, that's pretty familiar with the prophets. And Jesus says, that's how it happened to them. It's going to happen to you, speaking the truth. And that's what they did to him. Imagine that, uh, a pastor uh, interviewing for a church, and uh, that's going to be uh, one of the things they'll do. Here's part of your package. <laughs> Preach the truth to us, and we'll throw you in prison. And Micah said, If thou return at all in peace, the Lord hath not spoken by me. And he said, Hearken, O people, every one of you. So the king of Israel and Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, went up to Ramoth Gilead. And the king of Israel said unto Jehoshaphat, I will disguise myself and enter into the battle, but put thou on thy robes. And the king of Israel disguised himself and went into the battle. Now, first of all, notice this. <laughs> he thinks he's going to outsmart God. I know this is the Lord speaking through Micaiah. I hate him for it. Throw him in prison. And I'm going to pretend I'm not the king. I'm going to dress like someone else. He isn't going to get me. And isn't that what's amazing? I hate what the Lord says. And somehow people who hate what the Lord says, even though they know it's true and it convicts them, uh, they, they still think somehow they're going to get around it. Verse 31, but the king of Syria commanded his 30 and two captains that had ruled over his chariots saying, fight neither with small nor great, save only with the king of Israel. And it came to pass when the captains of the chariots saw Jehoshaphat that they said, surely it is the king of Israel. And they turned aside to fight against him. And Jehoshaphat cried out. And it came to pass when the captains of the chariots perceived that it was not the king of Israel, that they turned back from pursuing him. And a certain man drew a bow at a venture and smote the king of Israel between the joints of the harness. Wherefore, he said unto the driver of his chariot, turn thine hand and carry me out of the host for I am wounded. Now, you might remember this verse came up recently in our studies on Sabbath evenings in the Westminster Standards related to providence. He thinks he's disguised himself and this one arrow just got gets shot out. He doesn't necessarily know who he's shooting at. God sticks it right between the armor and between the ribs of Ahab. There's no running from God and his word. Verse 35, and the battle increased that day and the king was stayed up in his chariot. Try to imagine this. He stayed up in his chariot. He can't fight. He's dying there. What a way to go. And the king was stayed up in his chariot against the Syrians and died at even. And the blood ran out of the wound into the midst of the chariot. And there went a proclamation throughout the host about the going down of the sun, saying, Every man to his city and every man to his own country. So the king died and was brought to Samaria. And they buried the king in Samaria. And one washed the chariot in the pool of Samaria, and the dogs licked up his blood. And they washed his armor according unto the word of the Lord which he spake. Now the rest of the acts of Ahab and all that he did, and the ivory house which he made, and all the cities that he built, are they not written in the book of the chronicles of the king of Israel? So Ahab slept with his fathers, and Ahaziah his son reigned in his stead. So back to Ahaziah here. 
Think about, no, you're not going to recover. You're going to die. And he did. And it wasn't a pleasant death. Ahab here the same. Now, now notice this, beloved. The dogs are licking up his blood. Now that should make you go. Just like the prophets told him would happen to him. For the wickedness he did. Stealing someone else's vineyard. Just like they said would happen to Jezebel. And it does. And may we learn to listen and trust that what the Lord says is true. Wow. Look at verse 28 especially. And Micaiah said, If thou return at all in peace, the Lord hath not spoken by me. And he said, Hearken, O people, every one of you. He doesn't come back in peace. He dies. Notice both kings, Ahab and Ahaziah, go out of their way to see, seek out, and harbor false prophets and false gods to get what their itching ears want to hear. As Paul warns us in the New Testament not to be looking for. Even though they know who is the true prophets and who they are, and they still try to kill them. They are so raging against the Lord and his anointed of Psalm 2. And it's the same with the world today. And too much of the church with too much of the world within it. We really don't want Jesus to tell us how to live, how to worship. And we'll kill the prophets when they tell us to. No, Jesus is the final prophet, and Jesus is the truth with a capital T. People know this, but they often don't want to hear it and suppress it in unrighteousness. They don't rejoice like Psalm 19. They give glory to the creature rather than to the creator. They hate those who proclaim him and his word. Herod beheaded John the Baptist. But he fulfilled the prophecy of Elijah coming to prepare the way of the Lord for Jesus, God's final messenger and Messiah. May we hear what he has to say to us. Beloved, your response to the truth speakers of God's word should be like the third captain, the third leader that approached Elijah. He bowed before him. You may need you need to bow before Jesus seeking mercy to be spared, to wait for him to speak and to find the word of life from him. You need to discern in life, every area of life. Proverbs 27 verse 6. Faithful are the wounds of a friend. But the kisses of an enemy are deceitful. And have the heart of Psalm 141 verse 5 that we sang together this evening. Let the righteous smite me. It shall be a kindness. And let him reprove me. It shall be an excellent oil which shall not break my head. 
Beloved, may 1 Thessalonians 2 verse 13 be able to be said of you by your officers. For this cause also thank we God without ceasing, because when ye received the word of God, which ye heard of us, ye received it not as the word of men, but as it is in truth, the word of God, which effectually worketh also in you that belief. And then be even more noble than them like the Bereans in Acts chapter 17, 10 to 11. And the brethren immediately sent away Paul and Silas by night unto Berea, who coming thither went into the synagogue of the Jews. These were more noble than those in Thessalonica in that they received the word with all readiness of mind and searched the scriptures daily whether those things were so. Remember in Acts chapter 2, verse 23, you crucified the Lord Jesus Christ, Peter speaking to his audience. But then he called them to repent and believe on him for salvation. And in verse 41, 3,000 did. However, any of you reject, respond against the angel of the Lord, the word of the Lord Jesus Christ. Today is the day of salvation. Repent. Believe. Bow before him. Ask for mercy and life. And it will be yours. Still there is a great warning. Just as in uh, Psalm 2. If you don't. There's a great warning about shooting God's messenger. Because you'll end up shooting yourself in the foot and in your heart and in your head. Ahaziah died just like his father Ahab. That arrow flying in the air right before the ribs can't outrun God. They licked up the dogs, licked up his blood. They licked up the blood of his wife, Jezebel. They couldn't run from the truth of God and his word forever. So Psalm 2 warns the Messiah will dash mocking kings to pieces who will not kiss and trust him and be blessed. Not all will have Jesus as their king, Lord, and governor in the church. Though they might like to play church until a real prophet is there. I heard... John MacArthur on the radio this week, and it wasn't about this topic, but he was lamenting so many years in the ministry and so many marriages I put my time into and they turned on me and backstabbed me. So many people I discipled and then they left the word and the Lord. And so many people, I think he said several hundred people left his church after a time of ministry, you know, not for the right reasons. But he was bringing it up to say, you've got to stay faithful to the Lord. You've got to trust this is what Jesus says will happen. Not everybody really wants to be governed. In the modern rendition of the book by James Durham that came out uh, recently, The Scandal of Undisciplined Disciples, 
making church discipline edifying. The second part of the original full work written in 1658, which was called originally the dying man's testament to the Church of Scotland. While he's dying, his major opus, his, his major book is this book on how important it is to have church discipline. It's my last dying words to the Church of Scotland. He wrote this. Who fumes most at church authority? It is those who are inclined to looseness in practice or error in doctrine and cannot abide any such restraints. It is often the most faithful and zealous ministers and elders of whom people are most suspicious. Suspicions about church authority tend to arise mostly when ministers and elders are serving Christ. And people tend to entertain such suspicions mostly when they are least spiritual. What is the Great Commission? Teach everyone to do everything I say, Jesus says. But few truly heed that. Few truly heed Hebrews 13, 7 and 17. Honor, respect your elders. It's not good for if you don't. Help them lead you to serve and obey the Lord. But they don't want the message from their elders because they don't want it from the governor of church and state, the Lord Jesus Christ. But beloved, may you be instead like King David. With a heart after God, who repented and changed, bowed and asked for mercy. Psalm 51, create in me a clean heart, O God. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. Renew a right spirit within me. Touch me with hyssop. Wash me. Make me clean, white as snow. He doesn't even try to say, I'll make myself racist. Please make me right. Restore me to you. He repented by the correction of Abigail, as it relates to Psalm 51, Nathan the prophet. Thou art the man. Beloved, don't be like kings Ahab and Ahaziah. Be like David. Be like the Bereans. Whether it be from your minister, your elders, your parents, or your superiors in other areas of like, life, like managers at work, or your professors at school, or whether it be your peers, co-workers, fellow students, or your sister or brother, or whether it be your even, even your inferiors, such as your employees, or your sons and daughters, or those you serve in the church in formal covenant. When they are bringing you the word of the Lord, the true word of God, speaking the truth in love, receive the message as from God himself and his Messiah from heaven and don't kill God's messenger. And that is the message for you this evening. Don't kill God's messenger. And may that include your own conscience so that it isn't seared. Don't kill God's messenger. Let us pray. 
Oh Lord in heaven, we do thank you that you have spoken to us and we pray you have given us hearts to hear. That you have spoken, oh Lord, and we your servants have been listening. We confess we often want to block your voice out. We want to block your word out. We want to explain away, as we saw this morning, the way Satan would have us reason away things. We don't want to submit to you. We thank you, O Lord, that you have already conquered us. You have given us a willing spirit in the day of thy power, O high priest, after the order of Melchizedek. Thank you for saving us from ourselves. Thank you for saving us from the hand of Satan, from holding us at his will. Thank you for speaking life and giving us life and let us remember you rebuke whom you love. You wound that you would heal, you kill that you would make alive. And you protect us from our own deaths and eternal death by causing us to hear and repent and grieve over our sin and believe what you say and recognize that you might even speak through a donkey or a prophet hired to be a false prophet. You can overrule and still speak your truth. Let us hear it and know it for what it is and trust that all that you have said will come true in the end at the last great day at the resurrection. And help us not to kill your messengers, but to receive and to protect them. As I believe it was Obadiah who protected the prophets from Jezebel and Ahab. And give us always an ear to hear and protect us from itching ears from false prophets that will make us comfortable with complacency and our sin. Rather, let us look for your messengers who are saying, Thus saith the Lord, and as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. We ask your blessing on these things. We ask your blessing upon us as we seek to get the word out there through the different various means of your sharing your message. We pray, O oh Lord, you would soften hearts, blow Holy Spirit, and let leaves rustle, and to call out your elect and bring about salvation in a time of reformation and revival. But let it begin with us. We pray these things in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, and all your people said,